0: My, my direction has been to conduct that examination, which is also respectful, of those who obey our laws and those who who act very responsibly in their firearm ownership. And so trying to ensure that we strike the appropriate balance while at the same time keeping those guns out of the hands of criminals is is, is what I'm undertaking to examine. That is a Liberal MP Bill Blair. What's his new title? Um, Border Safety Minister something? He's got a bunch of titles now. Uh, but he was uh, at an announcement today of new federal funding to hopefully combat the violent year of gun violence in, uh, in Toronto and the GTA because it has been a record-setting year of shootings in Toronto. 95, 95 people have been shot and killed in Toronto streets. And, and I would suspect that that number will hit 100 by New Year's because, what, we had seven shootings in a 24-hour period just midweek? So today, the Feds have announced new money to combat the issue, and this is a multi-pronged approach, so they call it the Healing Project, which part of this aims to prevent the crime by tackling the, the underlying issues to it. So they're going to get 250 young people to help more than 1,000, 1, a1,000 peers, build skills. So they're going to have a mentorship program between youth. That will help build skills, you know, um, increase mental health resiliency, cope with the violence. So the goal is, I guess, to get to these kids young and turn them away before they get swept into a life of crime. They're also going to be putting a separate amount uh, of money forward uh, of about $400,000 on community policing, which will put more officers into the eight high crime areas who can then, you know, start to build relationships between cops and these very vulnerable youth. It's a good start. I mean, it's aimed at getting at the root of the problem. We hear all about that, the root of the problem, which is great. You do. You you can't just arrest your way out of these things. But is it the answer? I'm not sure it's the answer because I think the, the proper answer would include something that has become politically incorrect. And until we can actually be real honest about this, I'm not sure we're going to solve the issue. I could be wrong. Let's bring in David Perry. He is, of course, a former homicide cop in Toronto, so he knows much about these situations. He's also now on his own with CEO, Investigative Solutions Network Incorporated. Hello there. Hello, Alex. What was your first reaction to today's announcement?
1: Well, when I first saw what was going on, I thought there was a big announcement coming out. And then when I tuned in and listened... I didn't know what all the uh, fuss was about. Quite frankly, $6.7 over five years. Yep. $400,000 to the Toronto Police over two years is insignificant and will have very little impact. And, and I don't want to overstate that, and I don't want to sound as though I don't care and that it's not good to work with youth and to assist youth. It, it's, it's a very good step. But what impact will it have on the violence in this city? Mm-hmm. I, I would suggest none.
0: OK, so let, let's let start with with the first part of it, getting to the quote unquote root causes, which always makes people, I think, feel good. But it, it is a very expensive fix because part of the problem is, is the ghettos that have essentially been created in a lot of these high risk neighborhoods. And until you actually create communities where people want to be, I mean, because some of them are very run down. Some of them are overrun with gangs and all sorts of things. I mean, unless you actually tackle that the way they did with Regent Park uh, in the east side of Toronto, uh, you're not really going to break up these kind of hubs where they, the gangs kind of grow.
1: No, that's true. And and what we're seeing with some of that activity is that we're making some of the wrong moves and we're just simply moving them around. We're relocating the ghettos. We're spreading them out into the suburbs and putting them in other areas. And those areas are now being impacted by the gang influence. And uh, Look, I'm all for programs, and especially if it involves youth. I I truly am. But at the end of the day, I I just don't know why it's become so politically incorrect to talk about enforcement and doing things to to really protect people and to tackle the violence that's happening. You know, there's so many people, you know, talking badly about the police and enforcement issues and how many people are being stopped that might be, uh, you know, somebody of colour or whatever. And and those are all important things, but at the end of the day, when you watch the news reports and you see a father sheltering his child from gunfire outside of a school in broad daylight, I think we have to have a look at just how serious this problem is, and we have to get serious about tackling the people who are in the gangs and tackling the people who are drug trafficking and using guns and and uh, shooting at will and, and causing all the mayhem. I mean, 95 homicides so mm-hmm. far this year, and I predicted at the beginning of this year that we'd make over 100 this year. Yeah, and, uh, and I agree with you. I think we're going to we're probably sadly going to make that number.
0: Yeah. And the areas, in case our listeners aren't familiar with it, the area where the latest shooting happened on King Street, I mean, I lived there for 15 years. This is an area like this is a highly, highly traveled area of restaurants and stores and people. There's so much foot traffic. So to have these open kind of gang warfare shootouts is is truly staggering um, in this city but the, the, what you're talking about is this lack of intelligence. I mean, carding is no longer. We know that activism has really um, interfered with policing, but nowhere in the plan today do we hear anything about intelligence gathering. Is that like a thing of the past?
1: It's a thing of the past. And uh, I, I mean, I talk to police officers every day, active police officers, some of the best I've ever worked with, and a lot of young uh, people that are entering into the profession, and, and their will is broken. Mm-hmm. They have no support from uh you know from government, from certainly from politicians, and you know they're being attacked any anytime they actually try and do their job, and uh you know we all predicted this, I know you and I've talked about it before, Alex, we all predicted that this would happen, that the violence would escalate, the murders would go up, the shootings would go up, and that gangs would take a foothold if you don't stay on top of them if you're not investigating them and arresting them and holding them accountable, um, this is the end result. You know, I only partially agree with what the Chief said about you can't arrest your way out of this. Mm-hmm. I get that. There, there's, it's such a complex issue, and there are so many levels to it that need to be addressed. But good Lord, when people are, you know, in fear of their safety every single day, children coming out of schools are subjected to gunfire, and, you know, they are shooting indiscriminately anywhere in the city and mm-hmm you know, in malls and in the entertainment districts and all the places that uh, tended to be much safer just a couple of years ago. You know, when are we going to say enough is enough and, and allow the police to actually do their job and and to go after the gangs? And and you know what? We, we used to call it enforcement, and I, I think it's still something that is a, a pivotal piece to keep our community safe and to, to tackle the gang violence. Everything else that we talked about and heard about today is all very important and it's yeah. necessary and we've got to keep going, but you have to give the police the tools and the backing to go after the gangs and to get them off the streets and get their guns out of them, you know.
0: If you, Okay, so let me ask you there. How would you set up an intelligence program? If From now that you're on the outside looking in, what would you propose that police introduce that will not, you know, be taken out by the activism, um, but will be adopted and embraced by, by the community? How do you get that intelligence?
1: Well, community policing has always been a big part of that, but, uh, you know, I, I don't always agree with the association position on on, on uh, policing, but i got to tell you, Mike McCormick hit it right out of the park today in his comments about the fact that we are so under-resourced and have so few police officers on the street that they're just being completely reactive. They don't have time for proactive policing and going into communities the way we used to when we, we had that. Here's a, here's a good uh good thing for us to consider when i joined the toronto police service in 1976 we had more police officers then than we do today in 2018 we've got a much bigger city Mm -hmm. much more complex uh, problems including the gang violence that just wasn't there in the 70s and and the early 80s and uh, there are less police officers today to deal with a a much larger city and much more complexity in terms of crime lots more violence and and uh, i talk to officers every day they're exhausted They can't keep up. They go from one emergency call to the next emergency call. They have no time to get into these communities and get to know the good people, to get to know the bad people and gather that intelligence. And that's what the Toronto Police Service needs right now. They need a lot more police officers so that they can deploy them into these communities and spend a lot of time and get to know people. You know, you stop and have an interaction with somebody, if it's somebody that at the end of that interaction, the police officer has no concern, then you spend some time with that person to try and build a relationship and to develop sources of information and to pass that intelligence on to where it's going to be useful. But uh, I'm, I'm just deeply concerned. I agree with Mike McCormick that next year will probably be worse than this year. Uh, the fact that they seized 900 guns, you know, some could look at, that and say, well, I, you know, obviously, carding has had no impact. They, they seized more guns this year than ever, but I truly believe that that's just because there are just so many more guns out there. And, do, you, uh,
0: do you get the sense? I mean, morale, obviously, in the Toronto police is not that that I wouldn't say it's at, at, in a good place right now. But what? Tanked. Yeah, what do you think is going to happen in the next year, given um, the state of crime in the city? Is there going to be an uprising within the ranks? I mean, if they you don't know, feel burned out and they don't have anyone has their back. Is there a feeling that why why bother putting my life on the line if I'm not going to get the support of the upper echelons?
1: Well, I support policing, you know that. Yeah. Um, well. So this isn't a, a negative comment about police officers, but police officers are human beings, and it doesn't matter what role you play in society or what job you perform, if you're not being supported day to day and, and being criticized for actually just trying to do your job eventually, the human factor kicks in and you stop doing your job or you just do what's required. You go to work and you respond to radio calls and you respond to emergency calls and you help people the best you can. But to be proactive and to actually use your gut instincts to stop somebody because it just doesn't feel right and to investigate somebody and gather information, they're not allowed to do that anymore. And it's it's broken the back of policing, in my humble opinion, and I think... I think we have to have some serious conversations about this and, and make some changes. If it's not going to be carding, let's develop something that's smart and effective and going to, you know, be allow the police to investigate and to gather intelligence and to to have an impact on the gangs out there. And we're just not making it. We're just not cutting it right now. And, you know, I remember the day that Mayor Tory made that snap decision. I thought, worse consultation and Where's the research to support this decision? It was a political decision, and we all predicted it, and you can look at the records, we all said it out loud and publicly that this is going to make our city far more violent and allow the gangs to take a foothold, and that's exactly what's happened.
0: Yeah, and, and they've got backers like Drake, you know, who uh, glam it up and make it acceptable, but the bottom line is, I think, unfortunately, it's going to take the death of, you know, another Jane Kriba uh, to snap people back into saying, hey, enough, you know, stop you, you making. Know what
1: s- scares me, Alex? Yeah. I don't know if there is such a thing anymore. Maybe we've seen yeah. we've seen it all over the last couple of years, and look what's yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, I know
0: year. two little girls on a playground. I know uh, elementary yeah. school, and th- I know, I know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what's it going to take to shock us back into reality and to actually get people to say, you know, what we need our police back and we need to give them their tools back and let them do their job? You know, we should be stopping gang members and all of this stuff I hear about. You know, you only stop maybe, and it was racial profiling, all that. I can remember as a police officer seeing a car in a certain place and it just didn't fit and you got that horrible feeling in your gut and you'd go to investigate without knowing who was in that car or whether they white or they were black or they were some other race you just you just had a gut instinct and and to do that today uh, you would be accused of profiling it's not profiling it's just doing your job and and acting appropriately and keeping your street safe and and uh, you know, nine times out of ten cops develop pretty good instincts and they're usually right. Yeah. They, they usually have a reason to stop people. That's not based on race or anything to do with all of that. It's it's just that there's something that just doesn't fit and they need to investigate and that's how you solve crime. And if you don't allow them to do that then crime will take its foothold and Once it does, we've seen it in every major city in North America. It's almost impossible. It takes years and a massive amount of money and effort to get it back. Look at the New York City is is one of the best examples. Until they finally got a grip on it and put lots of police officers out there and started to support their officers. They finally cleaned up a cesspool of crime and and violence. and And it's happening in other American cities. But why should we here in Toronto allow that to happen to this city before we take action? It should be happening right now.
0: Politics. Welcome to it. Politics gotta, in the way. Yeah. All right, Dave, I got to leave it there. Thank you so much. Anytime. That is Dave Perry uh, with a little honest talk. Hey, it's refreshing. I'll take it. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.